Blog Talk Radio. Now we got everybody from Facebook and the Vibe Radio Network. So, hey, good evening, everybody. And Patrick says, memes are fun. <laughs> memes are fun. I think Meme Monday should be a thing. Meme Monday. Meme Monday. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm definitely down with that. But, yeah, so good evening, everybody. It seems like it feels like it has been forever for us. It's been a busy two weeks. Very busy two weeks. Um, we uh, we had a, a don't get me wrong, it's been a lovely two weeks of having best family was in town last week. Last week they they were there here Saturday Saturday. And as a result, because my my husband's flat heat exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're seeing a little loopy tonight. We're not drinking anything other than water right now. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Facebook feed finicky with me here on the laptop tonight. I don't know. In any case, with that, uh, yeah, glad you all can be here with us tonight. And uh, so we are going to be talking about haunted military bases tonight. We just thought it was kind of an appropriate con- uh, uh, subject. Time frame. Time frame. Memorial Day weekend and Fourth of July. We're kind of right in the middle of it. Yeah, and also we just had Flag Day as well. Yeah. So yeah, all kinds of um, you know. American patriotic um, type holidays going on. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to be talking about some of the haunted military bases that we have around the country and uh, yeah, going around the world. Yeah, so, because, well, yeah, we do have military bases all over over the globe. And I only dove into a few of them. Um, It was actually kind of remarkable, the ones I did go into, they actually post their stories on their military website. Um, which I found remarkably interesting. Yeah, and I think it's hard to say. I don't know why that is. I'd be curious if anybody knows why some military bases might be much more open to it than others. Maybe it has something to do do the individual commanders at each base actually get to decide or, you know, know. what goes on their websites or something? Because, yeah, some 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 of these military bases seem to be very open and, you know, as best that paranormal stories on the official page. official page for these military pages. Um, hey, official yeah. military bases. Yeah. Um, and then there's going to be other ones that just... They don't want to talk about it. Not a word about it. So, anyways, well, yeah, we've got some good stories yep. for to share with you tonight. Um, and uh, my computer's acting a little finicky. I'll do what I can to try and keep up with your questions and comments. So uh, please bear with me. Um, and there goes the cat periscope again. Yeah. <laughs> Una's just marching back and forth tonight. They put her room back together again today, and she's not quite sure what to do with it. All right, so as some of the most enduring ghost stories often revolve around battlefields, it comes as no great surprise that as trauma and emotions are permanently embedded uh, in the landscape that continue to echo for generations later. Uh, but Away from the battlefield, at its core, the purpose of the military is to defend the nation, and that very often involves dealing with death. Those who have served the military can speak of the energy and the emotion associated with the profession. It's not just on the battlefield, but also in their own backyard. Perhaps that's why it should come as no surprise that military installations around the globe serve as the backdrop to many haunted tales and urban legends. So we're going to start out in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at F.E. Warren Air Force Base. Now, Cheyenne, Wyoming is the home of the Air Force Base that is part of the 
United States Air Force Global Strike Command and command of all the U.S.'s ICBMs. Intercontinental ballistic missiles. The big booms. The big booms, which we hope we never have to use. I was a little unnerved to find out that that place was haunted with the big booms. And but here we to are. With electricity. But here we are. Anyway! <laughs> so, before the power to eradicate all of Mount County founded by to Wyoming, uh, it had been the home to the uh, Crow Creek Indians, and had been is the uh, operative phrase here in this sentence because, of course, we know our history, and they often get pushed off their own land or massacred. So established in 1867, the Epi Warren was initially known as the Fort D.A. Russell. It was named after Civil War Brigadier General David A. Russell, and it was the oldest or is the oldest continuously active military installation for the Air Force. The need for the military base in this far-flung territory was apparent to President Abraham Lincoln and Congress, and that was on the decision to construct the, um, excuse me, <laughs> I have a cat walking my way. Um, the decision to construct the Transcontinental Railroad was made, and so the main purpose of the original fort was to provide a stable environment to the railroad workers. And the soldiers stationed at the fort were undeniably good at uh, removing potential threats, specifically those from the Crow Creek Indians. Uh, perhaps this bloody history from the fort's earliest days is what has left its mark on the land, as there were many unsettled spirits lingering in this area today, and by far most, uh, the most common sightings are those of cavalrymen dating from the 19th century. Base personnel frequently report sightings of cavalry troopers and officers. Some have even communicated with the Air Force personnel. During the 1980s, a staff sergeant encountered a cavalry officer who greeted him with a friendly good evening and responded with a howdy before abruptly vanishing before the puzzled staff sergeant's eyes. It's worth noting that base personnel has actually kept a fairly heavy logbook of ghostly occurrences adding to it each time a new incident is reported. Uh, one section of the base designated for family housing has played a host to many similar sightings. The older homes have been frequented by soldiers of the day's past for many, many years. One reported incident, a daughter in the, uh, of one of the service families awakened in the middle of the night to see what she described as a cavalry officer standing in her playroom. The spirits have not been reported to be threatening, but they can be unsettling, to say the least. Now, one of the most famous ghost stories on the base takes place in Quarters 80. Uh, this is often referred to as Gus's Quarters. During the early days of the fort, Quarters 80 was a home to a young officer and his wife. Now, he was away a lot of the time on military maneuvers, and one day he came home early only to find that his wife was being entertained by another soldier in the upstairs bedroom. So with his escape route blocked by said angry husband, the soldier took an alternative route by leaping out of the second-story window and accidentally hanging himself on the clothesline. The soldier wasn't even able to escape in death because he seems to have taken up permanent residence in the quarters, and people refer to him as death. Gus is notorious for moving objects around the house, opening cabinets, and rearranging the furniture. 
He has never harmed anyone. In fact, some people say he might be looking for the trousers he never got before he jumped out the window. <laughs> He's legit. Ghost without trousers looking around Darcy out a window. Beware. <laughs> in other quarters on the fort, there's another tale of a romantic indiscretion gone awry. The story goes that in the 1890s, an officer at the base was transferred to another post, and he failed to inform his mistress of the transfer. Now, she was left behind in such an abrupt manner and heartless manner that she actually committed suicide. Her spirit is still seen walking around the upper floor of the house, where she knew love and heartbreak before meeting her end. Now, away from the general housing, the general quarters, former residents, have said that a cameraman and his dog haunt the building. Whenever a new general moves in and tries to remove a certain picture frame from the attic wall, he's guaranteed nights filled with eerie noises, complete with a dog barking, until the frame is actually hung back in its original place. Now, it's important to know that you should never mess with the spirits preferred the core. They will let you know when they don't like it. We have several of those ghosts here in Richmond. Now, spirited encounters are not limited to the housing at F.E. Warren. The base has its own cemetery located adjacent to the officer's quarters. And according to the reports from the base security, a veiled woman in black has often been seen lurking in the graveyard. When the guards respond to investigate, they will see the woman, but as they approach her, she will disappear. Now, one corner of the base is an area designated for rest and relaxation amongst Wyoming's beautiful and natural resources. A.K.A. Fan Camp. Anyway, so this is the family campground, and it's been home to some un, uh, unsettling experiences in its own right. There are loud, horrifying screams of a young woman echoing across the otherwise peaceful campground. The shrieks and screams rang sick with desperation and despair. The noise will awake the airman in nearby dormitories who alerted the base authorities. Now, under a canopy of stars, police began a four-hour search following the screens until they could not, or until they got to where they were loudest, and then they would disappear and reappear further away. Different locations. The police never found the source of these screens every time that it happened, and later research discovered that in the 1920s, a young Indian woman was brutally raped and murdered by the cavalrymen at White Crow Creek at the site of the current day Fantastic. Now, among the base's working structures is Building 34. This building was the home to the base hospital before it became the security forces headquarters in the building. The base of the excuse me, basement of the Building 34 used to be the hospital morgue and has been uh, the place of many ghostly sightings. There have been multiple sightings of a special woman walking from room to room as if she's checking on patients, likely a nurse making her rounds. Could this be the result of a tragic event years ago when allegedly a mental patient had escaped from the hospital, killed six nurses in their living quarters? It seems that the murders, uh, even though they didn't take place in the hospital, one of the nurses has returned to continue her duties. Then finally, as we noted before, this is where the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Command is, and uh, they actually have a museum to recall the history of this branch of the armed forces. As if the weight of the history of this potentially global annihilation isn't enough, well, the museum is said to be very haunted as well in its own right. The security system disarms itself frequently, and the door unlocks and opens itself. Lights turn on and off, and the chandeliers will swing when nobody else is in the building. 
The elevator has been rendered unusable because of the frequency in which it would trap visitors between floors. And the mechanics can never actually figure out what is going on and why it would be doing this. In fact, even the service of those police dogs refused to go up to the attic area of this building. Uh, the museum staff has gotten a little sense of humor. They've gotten used to it. Maybe they named their ghost Jeffrey, and they've learned to live with him. It still makes me a little nervous that they're having so many electrical errors where these missiles are located. <laughs> Just saying. The dogs aren't stupid. No, they're not. No. So. Uh, Crazy question, not a crazy question, Glenn. Uh, Pearl Harbor, is Pearl Harbor having experience? It was not on our agenda for tonight. Uh, it was not, but it does. It would shock me if there wasn't. Yeah, it does. Because didn't we talk about it um, in our Hawaii one? Mm. Or did that go in Hawaii part two? Which we haven't actually mm. broadcast yet. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, I, I know Pearl Harbor does, I've been there. Um, <laughs> it does. But i got to see if I can find the formal nails written down. I th- I'm pretty sure I pulled some. I just can't remember if it was on Hawaii or if they made it to part two because I have so many stories. Got something somewhere for it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Merlin wants to know if uh, Yuna is going to sing for us again tonight. I don't know. She's I don't know. been very not vocal today. Oh, well, she was this morning. She had, a very, she had an experience vocal rendition this morning. So I don't know if she's up for an encore this evening. I guess we'll find out. And uh, I just on a <laughs> Merlin says she's auditioning for a screen queen part. <laughs> um, uh, on a uh, yeah, Glenn noted that you know, the year is already flying by. I mean, geez, our next show is going to be July 5th, which I'm getting a lot ahead of myself. But mm-hmm. today's solstice. So happy solstice, everybody. But yeah, is quite yeah. Here we are. Getting into uh, getting into the summertime. Hello, nature's letting us know it's summer. Yes. Luckily, I even said need smell. My yeah. turn to read. Cadena yes. <laughs> Air Force Base. I sent him to Japan. Yes, of course you did. So I get all the, the fun words. Cadena Cadena Air Force Base. I think so. Okinawa. I know that one. Okinawa. <laughs> so. Um, there is a place in uh, Okinawa where, of course, uh, the United States does have a military base there. And there, there, there is a uh, building 2283, and it was built as a single-family home for field grade officers. Rumor has it the house was demolished back in 2009, but building 2283 on Canada's uh, base housing was notorious for being the single most haunted house in the entire, U- uh, entire U.S. military. No one lived there for a long time, and the building was reportedly used for storage because no one could stand to actually stay there. Residents of the house had reported bloodstains on the carpet and curtains, as well as an unearthly chill in one of the rooms. It was said that an Air Force officer murdered his entire family there before killing himself sometime back in the 1970s. The next military family to move into the house experienced feelings of unease and paranoia until the father of the family stabbed everyone. So it became a storage shed. Yeah, time to no longer live there. Yeah. But that did not stop the house from haunting people. Passersby reported hearing sounds of children crying, strange laughter, and in one instance, a report of a woman washing her hair in the abandoned house's sink. Kind of an interesting thing to see through the window. You might ask what took the Air Force so long to tear the house down, which is a valid question. 
Uh, Kadena reportedly attempted to tear it down, but workers attempting to destroy the building reported headaches, hallucinations, and suffered from a high rate of on-the-job injuries. Teachers at the daycare center next door, yes, there was a child daycare center next door the whole time, complained of children on the playground throwing toys over the fence because the little kids on the other side asked for the, asked them to. That's crazy. Ghost kids. Yay. Other reports have cited ghostly phone rings despite there being no phone line attached to the house, faucets turning on by themselves, curtains opening, and even a sighting of the house glowing. That's a pretty wild one there. I, I'd be curious what it looks like for a whole house to glow. Considering the bomb that went off, I'd be a little worried about radioactive. There's that. I know it wasn't quite near up and out of it. Yeah. I'd still be a little concerned. Interesting. Now, if the hallucinations and urges to kill your family weren't enough to dissuade somebody from living in the house, the worst selling point for moving in might have been the samurai warrior that rides his horse through the living room every once in a while for reasons unknown. It's not the only sighting of a samurai warrior. A similar samurai warrior is said to ride the road to Camp Foster up Stillwell Drive, reportedly heading to base housing. I guess, you know, not too surprising. I mean, there's four samurais all over Japan once upon a time. So if they just happened to build the base where he was at one point a time, yeah. he's, still hang- he's still hanging there. He was there first. Yep, he was there first. Now, turning to the base gate, there's nothing inherently creepy about security forces. But when you're pulling up to a gate at 3 a.m. and encounter a World War II-era Marine covered in blood and asking for a match, things can take a turn for the creepy. That is what happened at Camp Hansen's old Gate 3 on more than one occasion. In a weird way, it's a good thing the ghostly Marine was hanging out at the gate defending the living American troops because ghosts of World War II Japanese soldiers were reported at the same gate all the time. The haunting happened so often, some people say every weekend, that Marine guards began to refuse to stand guard at Gate 3, and the entry control point was eventually closed. Closing the gate seemed a little unnecessary since the soldier would disappear once the cigarette was lit. He might be looking for any number of Japanese soldiers who were once said to approach the gate in the 1990s. They approached so many times, it was recorded in the 2000 book Ghosts of Okinawa. So lots of activity going on there. Now, just um, just kind of a little off the base proper, if you will, um, there's tales the paranormal continue at the Kinetic Hospital Caves on the base of Banyan Tree Golf Course. During World War II, the Japanese maintained a field hospital on the site where Canada's golf course was built. The caves were once a former bomb shelter and hospital where 350 medical staff and 222 nursing students from Japanese military units were assigned in World War II. When U.S. forces came ashore in 1945, the nurses and medical staff were terrified. Japanese propaganda had convinced them that being captured by Americans would ensure a fate worse than death. So rather than wait for the soldiers to show up, the nurses began ingesting cyanide pills by the dozen. For those who did not opt for cyanide, they made their way to the nearby Medea Point and left from the cliffs. To this day, off the cliffs of Medea Cape, scuba divers report seeing ghosts underwater. These days, Okinawans won't go near the cave because the women are still said to haunt the cave and the nearby land. It's worth noting that in Japanese ghost folklore, 
water plays a crucial role as a medium in which souls can travel to and from the world of the dead. So we've seen that in our flood stories that we talked about before. Yep. Yeah, we've got lots of stuff going on there in Okinawa. But, yeah, um, just about every time um, there's lots of instances that we've covered, not just in the military, of course, but across the board where um, someplace that was subjected to flooding Mm -hmm. all of a sudden has paranormal activity that didn't occur before. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, nothing unusual there. All right, so we're going to come back stateside uh, and go to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Now, this is widely considered to be the most paranormally active site in the U.S. Army. It has reported hauntings as many, in as many of 36 of its buildings. Starting at the Chief of Staff's quarters on Scott Avenue, someone continues to host a some, excuse me, someone continues to host some fairly cheerful spirits in the form of a tea party. Though the apparitions may not have been seen, people have reported hearing the sounds of a tea party coming from the otherwise empty parlor. Elsewhere, the original St. Ignatius Chapel, where a house is now standing at 30, or 632 Thompson Avenue. In 1875, the original church and rectory burnt down, claiming the life of a young priest who had been signed there. After the fire, the salvageable building material was used to build the new residence. Some of the scorched bricks can still be seen making up the fireplace and the dining room of the house. Etched into these bricks are several names, including Father Fred. Many who have lived there have claimed to see Father Fred walking through the house in his priestly grove. Reportedly, he is the most often seen walking up and down the stairs and in the kitchen and dining room. In the 1970s, the drug figure even appeared in a Polaroid photograph taken at a dinner party. After the first chapel burned down in 1875, uh, a new one was built actually at the corner of McKellen and Pope. However, on December 16th of 2000, in the early morning hours, it burst into flames and was completely destroyed. It makes one wonder if there isn't some sort of mess of malevolent or evil force. Malevolent. I cannot speak tonight. Malevolent is the word. Uh, Evil force here at work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, not far from the previously mentioned Chief of Staff's quarters on Scott Avenue is the General Dresden which is said to have continued to host General George Armstrong Custer, often seen roaming on the first floor of the old residence and spirit supposedly lingers because Fort Leavenworth was the site where he was court-martialed in 1867 for leaving his command and mistreating his troops. The hearing was held in the commanding general's quarters where Custer was found guilty and given a year's suspension without pay. Afterwards, he was reinstated and rejoined the 7th Cavalry in September 1868, where he served until his death in the Battle of Little Bighorn in 1876. Although there are, old, uh, there are the old disciplinary barracks, which were mostly torn down in 2004, the building that had 12 towers along the wall before the barracks closed, not all of them were actually manned. Eighth Tower, which, was the, uh, which amongst those still standing, had not been renovated and was never manned during the later years uh, and that the prison was open. Now, closed off, the only way you can get into the tower is to walk along from the wall to the tower. Thank you. Uh, However, regards would often report seeing someone or something move inside the tower. When the prison was still open, the control tower would often get phone calls from eight tower, even though there was no phone in that structure. When the line was picked up, there would only be static on the other end. At one point, a patrol car reported seeing someone standing in the tower 
pointing a rifle at them. No one was in that tower. It is believed that this is the spirit of a soldier that committed suicide in the tower, and activity has uh, been noted in some of the other towers as well. Guards will report hearing the sounds of someone climbing the stairs, knocking on the trap door entrance, and much to their surprise, they will find no one is there. At Building 65, the previous prison hospital, there was an unused elevator that was said to be haunted. According to legend, uh, 14 German, according to legend, 14 German POWs were executed in the elevator shaft by hanging. Often, guards will report hearing screaming coming from the old elevator. On the third floor of the building, which was only used as storage, a ghostly man in a wheelchair is often seen being pushed by another ghostly figure. The old disciplinary barracks operated between 1875 through 2002, and that is when a new set of barracks was built. Interesting, just that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that people don't always realize that how many prisoner of war camps we actually had, we actually here. had here stateside. And, Sometimes how far inland they were. Yeah. I mean, capture, you know, capturing German soldiers on a European battlefield, throw them on a ship, send them all the way across the Atlantic, then probably throw them on a train in some of the American heartland. It's kind of, it's just kind of something interesting, I think. No, I look at the book Summer of My German Soldier. It's about the same thing. Yeah, uh, I know that they, um, they also had them down at um, the, the military base Fort Pickett, yeah. down by Blackstone, just south of here. They had German prisoner of war uh, mm -hmm. during POWs there, and also previously when we talked about the haunted North Country, mm -hmm. um, for drum. For drum had them, and then of course that's—I mean—that's just touching the German POWs. We're not even talking about the Japanese and German camps that were all along the west coast. Nothing to do about. Granted, they weren't always prisoners of war. No, but they were still camps. Yes, they were. All right, so moving on to the officer quarters located at 605 McCullen Avenue. There is said to be a previous resident who apparently wasn't quite ready to leave. The ghostly apparition of a man with a mustache and goatee once appeared in the fireplace in the middle of a burning fire. When the fire died out, the face continued to linger at the back of the fireplace. The apparition has also been seen in one of the bedrooms and once in the bathroom with an old-fashioned razor and shaving cream. At other times, loud footsteps up and down the stairs, doors slamming shut, and scratching noises and loud crashes could be heard throughout the house. Residents also report icy cold spots in various locations throughout the house. Then there's the rookery, a duplex located at 12 and 14 Summer Place, which is the oldest house on the base. Built in 1832, the residence has been occupied continually since it was erected. The number of ghosts who haunt this old residence has given it its reputation for being the most haunted house in the state of Kansas. Amongst here is the Major Edmund Ogden, who died in Ogden in uh, 1855, and there's a chain of command in the spirit realm. Major Ogden was presumably in charge amongst the ranks. Here is also a young girl named Rose who whimsically whistles around the house. If you catch her on an off day, she might throw a sniper tantrum. Rose's nanny manifests as an elderly woman often seen chattering in the corner. Then there's a young man called Robert who just seems to meander around the house. And the most prevalent ghost is that of a woman with long hair who brushes people with her fingernails in a flying attack. It's said to have been the victim of violence long ago and her ghostly presence lingers within the rookery. For his part, Ogden is frankly frequently seen roaming the house with his spurred boots. He seems to be content with his troop of goats and has little use for the living. They say that 
said that Major Ogden uh, once asked the team of ghost hunters to leave his house and missed the investigation. And as the residents are trying to sleep, they have often reported uh, being roused out by an old man in a nightshirt with bushy hair who is believed to be Ogden. Apparently, no one gave a thought as to what they might be intruding um, into Ogden's space. Another noted residence at Fort Leavenworth is the Sheridan House at 611 Scott Avenue. Uh, of course, this is named for General Philip Sheridan, who lived in the home with his wife, and is the uh, general's wife, vengeful spirit that the uh, people need to look out for. In 1869, General Sheridan left his wife on her deathbed as he traveled to Chicago on business. I probably would have been a little upset about that, too. Then, of course, we have the Summer Palace. Or a summer place. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't think there was a palace. No, same. <laughs> I was thinking to the summer palace in Hawaii. <laughs> anyway, the houses in this area are home to the spirit of a kind of a woman in black woolen dress and shawl. At uh, one time, this woman was supposedly the nanny or the housekeeper who lived in the attic of one of these old houses. The benevolent spirit is said to look after the families in the area by trying to help with domestic chores, such as doing the dishes and making the beds. Also drawn to the children. Apparently we're having a cat bite. Are we done? Ian <laughs> is not apologizing for anything. You're a puppy. Are we good? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Uh, now she's also drawn to children. She looks after them and tries to calm them down when they are upset. One child has told his parents that this nice lady would read him stories before he went to sleep, and one time a mysterious book was found in the child's room that didn't belong to the owners. However, the ghostly uh, spirit evidently feels that there's some animosity towards the other babysitters or grandmothers uh, that she considers to be competition. These people often report feeling a firm push out of the upstairs nursery by unseen hands, and at one time, the residents of the summer place were so unnerved by her presence that an exorcism was conducted in the house. The lady in black left the residence only to take up her duties again next door at 18th Summer Palace. Witnesses have also reported seeing her ghostly figure looking out the attic window. Now along the western edge of the bank, you'll find Fort Lampenworth National Cemetery. The ghost of a woman by the name of Catherine Sutter has often been reported walking among the tombstones of the cemetery. In the fall of 1880, Catherine, with her husband and two children, stopped at the fort on their way to the Oregon ter Territory. One day, her husband sent the children out to collect firewood, and they never returned. It has been long thought that the two children, Ethan and Mary, may have wandered uh, near the Missouri River where they were lost to the current. The search party looked for the children for three days. They were finally given up for dead, and the Sutters stayed on through the winter, hoping against hope that their children would be found. Catherine became a familiar figure at the fort as she spent many hours walking through the snow, calling out for her children. All those endless hours in the cold, Catherine contracted pneumonia and died that winter. She was buried at the cemetery at Fort Leavenworth. Despairingly, Hiram Sutter returned to his home in Indiana in the spring. However, just a short time later, he received his message that his children were alive and well. Swept into the river, Ethan and Mary were rescued by a group of Fox Indians who took care of them until the spring when they were able to return to the fort. However, Catherine was obviously did not get the message about her children that they were safe and sound, and she continued to walk the fort 
in search of her missing children. She is wearing an old calico dress and black shawl, and she's often observed carrying a lantern and calling out in her book. You're getting sympathy. Of course she is. <laughs> she's a kid Merlin says it was Camp Lynnhurst. That would be German POW camp here in Virginia. Ah, thank you, Merlin. Yes. And she also sent a link to um, some very interesting looking videos they might have to check out. Oh. Open Vision Films. They can check those out. Definitely. Mm-hmm. No clue why I needed to type for <laughs> It happens. It happens. <clears throat> so, our next stop, we're going to be going up to the North Country. We're going to be going to a place that we've actually been to once before. Um, Beth had the opportunity to uh, fly in and out of there once. Actually, you had the opportunity oh, wait, no. to fly in and out. I flew in and out of there. You I had to put on a little Southern Bell act. You picked me up. Thank you. You're welcome. So... <laughs> It's been a while. It's been, what, 12 years? April, Yep. It's been a little while. <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about Plattsburgh. And then the, uh, so in the extreme northeast corner of New York State, along the western shore of Lake Champlain, you'll find Plattsburgh Air Force Base, former home of the United States Air Force Strategic Air Command. It was the third oldest military base location in the United States. The land for the original Plattsburgh Barracks, having been bought on December 30, 1814, it became Plattsburgh Air Force Base in 1955. The base closed on September 25, 1995, a victim of the uh, Defense Base Realignment and Closure Act of 1990, or the BRAC, as you might have heard of it referred to as. It is now a civilian airport and industrial complex operated by the Plattsburgh Air Base Development Authority. The airfield is now known as Plattsburgh International Airport. Now, the Plattsburgh Air Base Redevelopment Corporation, led by the nationally known planner David Holmes, was created to manage the 5,000-acre property. Holmes had overseen the redevelopment plan, which included a mixed-use solution to overcome the economic shortfall that occurred when the military moved out. Uses included aviation, biotech, industrial, and recreation. Ultimately, uh, it split up the base into 165 parcels for redevelopment. Some of the eventual tenants came to include Pratt & Whitney, Sikorsky, U, uh, UPS Air Freight, FedEx Air Freight, amongst the many other notable businesses. The site also hosts a number of specialty services on site, including acres of parks, trails, and playing fields, as well as an 18-hole golf course, a daycare center, and a gym. Now, on the original military reservation on the shores of Lake Champlain is the Old Base Museum campus. There are five museums within just a couple hundred feet of each other, the Clinton County Historical Museum, the Air Force Base Museum, the Champlain Valley Transportation Museum, the Kids Station Children's Museum, and the War of 1812 Museum all housed in former military buildings. Included on the museum campus are edifices built in the 1890s, including Officers Row, the old headquarters building, and the old fire station. The historic district around the Oval Parade Ground saw General Leonard Wood's founding of the Plattsburgh Idea. A training program started to prepare officers for duty in World War I. 
There's also a memorial chapel, the Clyde A. Lewis Air Park, and the Old Coast Cemetery, in which Spanish American Medal of War Medal Spanish American War Medal of Honor recipient is buried. Two of the original structures built just after the War of 1812 are still on the campus: the Old Stone Barracks and the original Powder Magazine. Even though the last military units left Plattsburgh in 1995, the base is far from abandoned by those generations past. Within the walls of the military cemetery that dates back to New York's frontier days, it is here that a grieving mother searches for the grave of her lost child, and security police on patrol have reported soldiers wandering through the cemetery and the neighboring crematorium. The crematorium downs the unfortunate building designation number 6. I'm curious what I, I, I understand. I, I don't know. You think that they would have thought about that twice? Anyways, unless it was original '56 and somebody added one. I don't That's know. Ah, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, now at the entrance to the old base are two pillars that are original architecture. Entries working this gate have reported a Revolutionary War era soldier marching back and forth between the pillars, standing guard. Also haunted by some French and Indian war battles, amongst other unfortunate incidents, while it may seem odd for these to see soldiers from these eras before the fort was established, the region was heavily involved in the conflicts of the 1700s. The building that was used as the gym saw other service in days past. There was an old morgue for storing the mangled body parts of grievously wounded soldiers, and it served as an insane asylum as well, because what two worst things could you use a building for over the years than, yeah, nightmare fuel. Anyways, before that, it was an old army base during the Battle of Plattsburgh in the War of 1812. So with its grim history, it's no surprise that the building hosts various chilling activity. Screams throughout the night, pounding coming from doors where the morgue was, hearing the gym weight being moved around when no one's there, and the sounds of people walking on the upper floor, which is now a track, have also been reported. It's enough for some people to keep working out, uh, keep to working out during the daylight hours. The military finance building was once used as a surgical hospital. The basement walls are still painted red to hide the bloodstains, and security police canine units refuse to go into the basement of this building. Just like before, the dogs aren't stupid. There was a fire in one of the wings, causing many of the bedridden patients to be burned alive, and people have reported hearing their screams to this day. From different events across the base, one witness shared his story. This is in his words. I was on Plattsburgh Air Force Base for NCO Leadership School in 1991, so I lived on the old base and in dormitory. On a Friday night, everyone went into town, and I was probably the only one to stay behind. I was running around the track, and I did about 15 miles before I stopped. I was drinking water while I did a lap walking to cool down, and as I came around the flagpole between dorm and the gym, there was a girl walking, and I stayed, uh, started walking towards her, yelling, you can't be walking back there. It's very dangerous. The girl was wearing white and looked like a goth teenager. I did notice that the closer I got, the brighter the light was between the dorm and the gym. I went into the dorm and called the security police. A car came by with two um, security um, police officers, and I was excited to tell, and I excitedly told my story uh, that it's dangerous behind there on the railroad tracks. It's on a hill. 
They looked at each other in a serious manner and said, should we tell them? They said uh, they see ghosts all the time, and the girl is the one that we have seen plenty of times before. I called their sergeant, and he confirmed that he has also seen her. Needless to say, the security patrol did not feel the need to go tromping around seeing if they could track this girl down. He now, the, uh, the, the, the narrator here, he says, I didn't believe, and I thought it was a practical joke. I went into the dorm and took a shower and went to bed. Later, I saw a ghost show on TV, and they spoke about the exact story of seeing a teenager walking on the track on the old base. Don't you love it when that happens? You talk about something, and all of a sudden you turn on the TV later, and boom, there it is. It actually does happen. It does. I've had that happen a few times. It's weird. Uh, From a different personal account from a former airman stationed at the base, he stated that I was I was active duty Air Force in the 80s and stationed at Plattsburgh Air Force Base. As a member of security police, we would work airfield security, and when we had uh, 3 to 11 p.m. shifts, we would quickly change after work and secure keys to the old gym on the old post. We would have some great pickup basketball games, sometimes until 2 a.m. One night, I offered to stay behind to lock up. I had a new roommate and wanted to shower at the gym so as to not wake him up. My fellow airmen gave me a speculative look, asking, are you sure? I told them, yeah, no worries, and they headed out. I admit it was a lonely feeling, but I figured I would just just take this quick shower and leave. Also, I like to challenge my own courage sometimes. While showering, the lights in the basement went out. To this day, I do not know if it was caused by a motion sensor or something else. They came back on, and I changed and went up to the basketball level. I remember hearing something that might have been whistling. Years later, I heard of stories about such noises at the gym. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't locking anyone in, so I called out a couple of times, but there was no answer. In retrospect, I definitely felt an odd presence in there. However, nothing fell as like seeing an apparition. Spirits were playing with them a little bit. <laughs> like somebody thinks they're brave enough to stay after dark all by themselves. Okay, we'll mess with you. Yep. Don't challenge. <laughs> no challenging. Nope, not new. All right, so we're going to jump over to Missouri to the Jefferson Barracks. Uh, Jefferson Barracks was officially established on October 23rd of 1856. The fort was named in honor of the former president, Thomas Jefferson, who had died earlier that same year. The earliest role for the Jefferson Barracks was to house soldiers protecting the settlers from the Indian attack. In April of 1832, a steamer troops set north to participate in the Black Hawk War. A young lieutenant named Jefferson Davis, who would later on go to serve as president of the Confederacy during the Civil War, was assigned to escort the and capture excuse me, assigned to escort a captured Indian leader back to Jefferson Barracks. In eighteen thirty six, other troops from the post would be sent to Florida to take part in the battles against the Seminole Indians. Jefferson Barracks was used for many years as a staging area, post and military hospital from the early days of the frontier until World War II. The National Cemetery located here was established in 1863, and like so many of the buildings on the post, the ghost stories have thoroughly come out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, many of the tales of the Jefferson Barracks revolve around the old buildings and the former hospitals where so many men died after being wounded on battlefields. In January of 1922, President Warren G. Harding ordered a section of Jefferson Barracks to become the home for the Veterans Hospital, which opened in March of 1923. 
The physicians here were given the task of caring for the wounded and invalid soldiers, and the hospital began providing continuous treatment for veterans until the base closed down. During the years of its operation, the building became known as the uh, hosting a ghost. According to a story, there was once a private Halloween party that was held at the hospital. Security officers who worked the gate later commented to one of the party organizers about the excellent Civil War officer uniform that one of the guests had worn to the party. The official was taken aback and replied that no one had been wearing such a costume. The security officer was just as surprised because he distinctly remembered the man in a Civil War era uniform who had entered the hospital grounds, presumably to attend the party that was going on. A similar version of the story involves the same Halloween party at the hospital. The host of the party, who was one of the officials at the hospital, knows the man in a Civil War officer's uniform sitting on a stone wall at the edge of the throng of guests. The host walked over to the man and asked him how he liked the party. The soldier whispered a hoarse reply, liked it good, he said. The host apparently missed it, the guest's crude reply, turned around and started to walk away. However, he looked back over his shoulder a few moments later and saw the man in the Civil War costume was gone. He later discovered that no one invited, uh, he later discovered that no one invited the party or attendants that night actually had worn such a costume to the event. At the former hospital, it's only, um, it's not the only uh, site known for its ghosts. There have been stories about the post for many, many decades. During the Civil War for years, the soldiers guarded the train depot and the railroad tracks that were located along the Mississippi River. They also guarded the headquarters building that was located on the bluff above the depot. One night during the Civil War, a sentry was walking to his post near the building. As he rounded the corner, he reportedly observed a solitary figure walking up the grassy hill from the train yard. As the soldier stood watching, he realized that the man was not a person at all, but what he described as a blurry spook. Stories about the headquarters building continued to be told. Uh, stories ranged from encounters with a ghost and Civil War era officer, the strange sounds that cannot be logically explained, and it's not uncommon for the security officers to hear footsteps and rustling sounds in the building when nobody is present. There's a long-running legend about a ghost who haunts the post-old uh, powder magazine as well. The massive limestone building was built in 1857 as a secure location to store the rifles, cannons, and gunpowder for the troops at the post. In 1871, the Federal Arsenal of St. Louis was closed and all of its contents were moved to the Jefferson Barracks. The powder magazine remained in constant use until the post closed in 1946, and in more recent times, it's been a historical museum that is run by the St. Louis County Parks and Recreation Department. The ghost here has had its beginnings uh, around the start of World War II. In the dark days at the start of the war, centuries were posted all around the fort to protect it from possible incursions. One of the most important guard positions was the powder magazine. Armed sentries were often seen patrolling around the building or walking across the top of the stone wall that surrounded the magazine. Several of the soldiers who stood guard here reported seeing a ghostly sentry who would occasionally appear and challenge the confused guards who were standing by his post. The threatening spirit was said to have a bullet hole in his head running red with blood. It is said to be so frightening that several guards allegedly threw down their guns and deserted their posts after encountering him. One story had it that a certain soldier was so frightened that he not only left his post one night, but he also left the army. 
According to the story, the spectral century was a guard who had been killed years before when a raiding party attempted to steal munitions from the powder magazine. It was believed to have, uh, that the soldier confronted his living counterparts because he thought they were trespassers. Even after all these years, he's still on duty, even in death. Many of the former barracks are also said to be haunted, as well as City Building 28. This building was constructed back in 1897 as a double barrack with a three-story tower in the center. It had been designed to hold up to four companies of cavalry soldiers and their non-commissioned officers. Today, it's the home of the 218th Engineer Squad. Throughout the 1970s, men working inside of the building reported hearing ghostly footsteps pacing the corridors of the building. One night, a man was working on some training records for an upcoming inspection when he heard someone walking around on the second floor above his office. He didn't think anyone else was in the building, but as it simply sounded like another soldier working upstairs, he didn't bother to check on it. Later, though, more footsteps joined the first set, and the noise became very distracting as he tried to finish his report. Finally, he tossed aside his papers and went upstairs, but when he got to the area he believed the sounds had been coming from, there was nobody there. He looked around for a steamer and was then decided to write the whole thing off to his imagination. However, as soon as he got back downstairs to his desk, the footsteps began again. This time, he decided just to wrap up his report and call it a night. Probably a good idea. <laughs> One evening in the fall of 18, excuse me, 1980, wow, my dyslexia is a It's okay. <laughs> uh, Chief Master Sergeant Eugene Ackner and several other uh, Air National Guard NCOs were working late in the building. When they decided to leave for the night, a group turned out the lights, locked the doors, and walked out into the parking lot uh, in the front of the building. They stood talking for a few minutes, and then they, as they started to leave, Actor actually happened to look up and notice one of the lights on the third floor of the building had been accidentally left on. He dispatched the loneliest ranking of the small group back to the building to turn it off. The young NCO unlocked the main door, climbed the stairs to the third floor, and turned off the light. A few minutes later, he reappeared downstairs, and he locked the door behind him as he left the building again. As the young man walked toward, back toward him, Chief Anaher looked up and noticed the same light was on again, even though they had just seen the other soldier turn it off. Thinking that the wiring in the old building was going bad, he sent the same NCO back into the building again to turn it off. When the NCO returned to the parking lot once more, Anaker was stunned to see the same third floor light was once again shining brightly. Again, he sent the same NCO back inside to drop the light, and this time when he came out, though, none of them went back to see if it turned itself on. They just got in their cars and went. Three times, going back inside. No more. Three strikes. That's it. We're Three done. done. <laughs> you want it on? Fine. It's on. Yeah. Uh, it is funny how sometimes spirits are, you know, everybody always associates, you know, spooky stuff with the dark and, like, turning off the lights or something like that. But Sometimes they just want the light on. And, Some just light for a reason. And, uh, and that's actually, I think that's pretty spooky in its own right. Yeah. I mean, I mean. All of a sudden, all the lights come on around you. It's like, want to be looking over your shoulder the whole time. Wonder what's going on. It's like, what are you afraid of that you want the light off? If <laughs> I'm afraid of you, what are you afraid of? Because <laughs> apparently you need the light. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, but that was going to be our last uh, last one for this evening. Yep. So next time we are going to be talking about Haunted Gettysburg because it will be right around the anniversary of the Gettysburg Battle. Yep, just a, just a couple days after it. Uh, 
Gettysburg uh, took place between uh, July 1st and July 3rd, and our next show is on July 5th. So we're going to be uh, talking about that. And I know that we've uh, we've had a couple of locations on Gettysburg before mm-hmm. with some of our other ones. With our Haunted University, we talked about the um, seminary school that had the, um, the hospital in the basement that they still see operations going on. Yeah. Um, not going to talk about that on the end. <laughs> but we got plenty of other material to work with. Well, Gettysburg um, has, has its more than its fair yeah. share of spirits. I mean, while I was writing, I'm like, did we talk about the seminary? I don't know. And I had to go back and look at old scripts just to double check. Well, I'll try to uh, I'll try to get a little bit more of a jump start on the editing this time too. I have to admit I I did not do with any favors tonight because I got through the editing, but I kind of kind of pushed it a little bit and hence us uh, tripping stumbling a little bit, stumbling a little bit over our words a few times as I put in terms of phrase that you could read okay on paper. But good saying them is like they're tongue-tied. Yeah. But as we said, we've also been dealing with some heat exhaustion, too, so the yes. brain's not fully functioning. Is the National Cemetery at Gettysburg haunted? Yes, it is. Yep. So, going to be some stories in there for that, or at least one? Think, I think that's the first one. Very first it, one, sir? As I remember, I think that's the first one. I know it's in there. Um, but, yeah, I tried to find some of the ones that are maybe not as well-known. Which there's again. There's one, a lot of them. There's a lot of stuff for them to watch. I have like three books of Ponte Gettysburg, and I didn't even touch them. I was just going to what I had already turned on Pinterest. Gettysburg National Park. And so there's stuff on the battlefield. Yeah. That, that, second story. Second, second location. Yeah. So yeah, we have lots to talk about. So I will. Uh, I will get a little bit of a head start on making sure I get my editing done so that our reading ability is a little smoother this next go-about. Yep, and soon we will have an announcement. We're working on the very last phone calls to solidify everything, so I'm hoping we'll be able to announce something next week. Keep your eyes open and calendars open. And uh, Roberta has great paranormal picks from Gettysburg. Fantastic. If, if you're willing to share that type of stuff, we'd love to see it. Yes. So, but the Grove, from the Grove. Very cool. I think that's online. Yeah, I, I think it might be, I yeah. I think that's on the Battlefield show. So yep. that's perfect. So very cool. Yeah, but yeah, hope that you'll be uh, tuning in in a couple of weeks. And again, thanks everybody for watching tonight. Um, see if there's any final comments. I'll, I'll be going back through and trying to catch up with some of these comments too because I don't know what Facebook did, but my my comment section on my screen is all like this big now. So instead it's, 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 instead of seeing a whole list of comments, I'm seeing like one or maybe two comments at a time, which makes it very easy to scroll past. Jumps around. So we'll catch up with that. Yep. But again, thanks everybody for watching tonight. Um, stay cool out there. I know. Enjoy yeah, tomorrow once the heat breaks. Fortunately, yeah, the heat's supposed to break a little bit here tomorrow, but stay cool. From our experience, we did not get to enjoy any um, spirited bevies tonight. We just had to stick with water because, yeah. Hydrating. Hydrating. (laughs) Desperately hydrating. Uh, So, but, yeah. So, again, happy solstice, everybody. Thanks again for watching. Uh, As always, if you have any 
questions, want to share anything with us, uh, we are always happy to hear from you. You can drop us a note anytime. It doesn't have to be just here during the show. And uh, just I need ideas for, for topics. We're, we're looking at UFOs, and I need some more ideas past that. So please yes. shoot us some ideas past that. Yep. And we do have, um, I mean, granted, we got a whole bunch of partially completed scripts that we can actually work on. Yep. But, hey, if there's something that you're specifically interested in that we haven't covered yet, we're always happy to hear about it. Yep. So we got we got a long way to go, and we're definitely not running out of material. No worries there. Yeah, I just need to figure out how I'm going to write it up. Yeah. All right. With that, we will catch you all in two weeks. And, of course, if you're in town, definitely drop us a line. Come see us on a tour. We're open Wednesdays through Sundays these days. Yep. So. So, all right. With that, everybody have a good night. Thanks again. Night, all.